Cindy, you're the head of yeah. this yeah. visual arts yeah. department as part of... Um, yeah, I do the degree student. This is my niece, the one that's at home. These are all her pieces. She, done, she focused on uh, geometric, so that's yours Sandy Adset, artist, teacher and educator. We're here at Tomairangi, the School of Māori Visual Culture, at the Hastings campus of Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. Yeah, still mainly you know, the same sort of thing, but... Yep. It's that time of the year where students exhibit their work. As a tutor, Sandy can see potential a mile away. Uh, this guy over here is um, he's going into Tāmoko. You know, it's a school based on the painting styles, that type of thing that they all have a try. So it depends on the interest that they have. But they try different styles of um, painting yes. they're picking up from. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, just thought it might give you an idea of what Toru Maurangi does. This one in here, uh, the artist built a, a whare of her old, uh, uh, from the turn of the century, so she built this, she had a little kitchen in here. With no Ngāti Kahunganu, Ngāti Pāhauwera, and at 80 years old, Sandy Adset has spent most of his life in the world of Māori arts, a student, an arts advisor, a mentor and teacher. Indeed, many alumni of Toi Haukura, the School of Māori Visual Arts at EIT in Gisborne, have churned out a number of successful artists in their own field. That includes performing arts and tāmoko. Practising tāmoko artist Richard Francis was part of the first intake at Toi Haukura. So we had an awesome connection between um, Sandy Adset and Derek Lardelli. Um, Sandy Adset was the modern world and Derek was the traditional world, so the combination of the two, we were very, very lucky. Sandy then in turn took us around the world. We were poor hotter students at the time and ended up going to see the world. You know, ended up in places like Sistine Chapel and um, on to Hawaii, University of Hawaii, and then all of a sudden we were in Grand Canyon, Santa Fe. Yeah, the Pacific Arts was another... Um, uh, festival that we attended so in those early years in the 90s we were reviving the art form of moho as well as being the workforce behind Te Aitinga who was under Toi Māori Aotearoa at the time Te Waka Toi um, so we did quite a lot of work uh, nationally with uh, Māori exhibitions all over the, the motu Tonight we begin this series called Influence, stories about Māori whose work has imprinted on the landscape of Māori education, arts and te reo Māori. I'm in Hastings at the home of Sandy Adset, who talks about his time spent as a young boy on the farm, a student at Te Aute Boys College and the close friends he's made along the way. Ko tēnā te kaupapa i te ahiahi pōnei, ka nohoa haukinga rekereke o te rangatira nei, kia mōhio tūturu ai Iona Pūkinga. That's coming up in tonight's show. This is Te Ahika. I'm Justine Murray. Oranga whetu i te Here, Sandy talks about his whānau heritage with links to the Gimel family. It's a Scottish name, and interestingly, the the guy who uh, the original guy that came out out and had a relationship with 
a one of the Tamaha uh, descendants from Atikuru Pakeyaka in Wairo. Yeah, he had an interesting life. He got bumped off by uh, his third wife's brother when they felt he may have been spying for the constabulary. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter, but it makes for very interesting uh, <laughs> history on, on his side because you know, they're up in the bush uh, towards Waikare Moana. It had to do with the ho-ho movement. And uh, so we've always been believing that we quite like the idea of, of this uh, the Scottish guy coming out and ending up, you know, having the type of lifestyle that he believed was. You know, my grandfather came, my great-grandfather came from him and uh, the, and his two sisters, so it allows for, I believe, the, the Gemmel whanau, and there's a lot, because mm. they married into the, to the key whanau as well. We all have ways, like Ngāti where you know, the chief... His name was Te Wainuhu, and then he was given kōhōtērangi because he had a, a history that was colourful as well. And, but he ended up, as they, when they were drying his head, fell off and rolled into the fire and burnt his beard. So, you know, but that's, that's what I like about Māori. You know, they don't, you take on any major incident, regardless of how it is, because that way you own it. And you don't have other people saying, "Aha, your chief got his." You know, he will be rolled into the into the fire. So, I like the, um, the you know what comes from how uh, we as a culture attend to our own identity. Yes. You know, and, and you push it out there. Yes, and I can think of examples of, for example, like one word in a waiata could could describe the narrative of that waiata. So yeah, yeah. we were talking about that the other day, actually, yeah. in, in our in our literature. Yeah. So in Pahauera, as a as a young as a young lad growing up, um, were you exposed to any I don't know Māori symbolism, carving, art in any form? There wasn't much. But you know, I, uh, the primary school I went to was a Māori, a native, native school. school yeah. And so uh, there were only like the station masters, um, children, and, and one of the local storekeepers were the only Europeans that were at the school. So, um, however, because it was a native school, we did have uh, images of core fi fi around doorways, but but that was you know because the education department made sure that those sorts of um, add-ons or attachments that you could have to have some way of identifying who we were uh, but in terms of the marae there it there wasn't a lot but we did have one old fare there's a black and white photo of you on a horse Did oh, I yeah. see that that what was on the farm yeah on the farm so what was live like, like in Paho, yeah, on the, where he was at, like milking cows in the morning. Yeah. Um, all that but laborious. But was too young. To, uh, I ended up milking cows when we moved from the farm. My uh, uncle took over and we had a house cow because we moved down to Robo and Dad. was busy, you know, he had a, a, a theatre, picture theatre uh, business going. We ended oh, up no. with one in Nuhaka and one in Taranga. And so. And then he built a garage, but we and so we moved off the farm, and but I still had to milk the house cow, you know, <laughs> and, uh, until I, I said yeah, until, until I was sent to Charity College. 
When he left Raupunga Native School, he then attended Teote Māori Boys College. I loved it there. I spent four years there and uh, you know, it's one of those places that our friends that we made uh, during that time our friends that we, if I see them now, it was like, you know, they've always been part of your life, even if I haven't seen them for 20 years. It doesn't matter, four years at a boarding school, you get to know everybody mm-hmm. really well. And uh, even though we only had two holidays a year, because a year, cause people would travel from, you know, four weeks in, in June and then my 10 weeks at Christmas time. There was a long time away from home. You know, there was a lot of homesick boys when you first went there, but you, you adjust. So did Teote ignite that creative, or that, I should say, artistic spark in you, or was it later on when you...? I was always keen on drawing mm. because my grandparents uh, had, used to send me from Wairau, and my uncle had a bus run, um, freight bus run, so, like every two weeks or so, they'd feel sorry for, you know, their grandchildren stuck out on the farm. Aww. So they'd send me, and uh, my older brother and sister used to hate it because they said, yeah, you're spoiled. <laughs> because they used to send me out a tin of condensed milk and some luncheon sausage. And I, and I wouldn't let them go anywhere near it. I said, that was meant for me. Uh, that was uh, sent out for me. But they also sent me in send me colouring in books and drawing books and lots of pencils. And that's because you're on the farm, you know, and there's not a lot to do. Yep. I did a lot of drawing. So that was where the interest was and it just carried on through primary, you know, through primary and secondary school until I went to teacher's college and specialised there. After Sandy left Teote, he then trained at Ardmore Teachers Training College. He eventually got a job as an arts advisor. This meant that he travelled around different parts of the country teaching the art syllabus to teachers. They learned the different techniques, such as Māori screen printing. Here he explains more. We went to places and like to take hall and uh, worked for a week or two weeks and we'd come back in six months to another two weeks. So, you know, you met a lot of uh, teachers who were wanting to be positive about their requirement as teachers yes. to ensure that this new uh, focus of Māori art and the curriculum would attend to what they had to do as a, as a responsibility as teachers anyway. Uh, and even though there, there were issues during that time, in the main, was it was supported by Gordon Tovey and, and all the resources and the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you largely, what was your career at that time? Well, I stayed in the advisory service right up until the 90s and it was 93 that I ended up going to Toyoka. In 1987, Ivan Eho created the first Māori visual arts programme at Tairawhiti Polytechnic. In the early 1990s, Sandy Adset was appointed as a tutor. Here he talks about that time. So we did restoration at Marae and Oak Cliff and Putter, took us back to Takaa to look at the Maha and do some work. So, you know, he used, they used what uh, he knew we had as a, a skill with paintbrushes, etc. And, and uh, to go to places, have the experience of, you know, being, we would 
been doing all the Malaya things before. Yeah. But to, and, you know, it's mainly through schools, school halls. That's when we were introducing Māori art into schools. So we did tukutuka panels. We did all the things. Ngata College, we, we did yes. some carving on the Pinetaipa for the, uh, for the library. They were all um, driven by the education department as such, you know, as a way of doing that. But with this one, uh, when they became New Zealand writers and artists, and part of, we were making the decision mm. we would spend our holiday going to Takaa, working there at the Marae. And that created this awareness that because we ran exhibitions, uh, or displays, it weren't even exhibitions, displays in the dining room, wherever we could, because people brought their work along, they did work, we did all workshops, people did that all the time. Young students were coming in to experience it, and we couldn't wait, you know, for the next year to come around, because we just wanted to hang out, and <laughs> hang out, you know, and in, uh, in, um, in Rotorua, uh, at Rotorua, on one of the lakes we were there. No, the, it was the second one, but it was the Marae that was there. And, you know, we, that's when we met people like June Grant, who was just mm. coming through. And, you know, and we were having these exhibitions in the dining rooms just to, to bring work along to, so, you know, that was part of what the organising group uh, said we should be looking at. And we'd run workshops. It was at, like, I think it was Taumaranui. Wow. And one of the... Uh, uh, and a gallery came uh, and said uh, they'd like to have it in one of their, their galleries, you know, in a city gallery. And so you know, we said, so what are you saying? And they mentioned, what was, would we be interested? And they said, okay. It means, and they said, oh, well, you can send some work in. We will select the work and put it on the wall. And we said, uh, we don't send work in to be selected. If we send work in... That work, you know, that's what we always did. We respected everybody who sent work in, and we put them up, and that became sort of the beginning of us starting to exhibit outside the marae, which it was always there in the yeah. dining rooms, into what you could term mainstream yes. venues that featured uh, art. Toy Hokura is has produced some really fine artists yeah. and tamako artists. Yeah. Um, Anikaro Harawira, Sai McLeod, Richard Francis in um, Tiaron. I think Richard Francis I spoke to earlier this year who was, mm. I think, one of the first intakes. Actually, he was yeah, he one was. of the yeah, first yeah. intakes. Yeah. How does that sit with you, Sandy, knowing that a range of current practising business owner, some of them, artists in yours and Derek's work through Toi Haukura? Yeah, it, it's always a positive to know that uh, during that time they picked up enough of the practice itself and the fact that we were having, taking exhibitions overseas, we were doing that regularly, you know, that, uh, and I was on Te Atinga, which was one of the contemporary Māori arts um, of Creative New Zealand at the time and, uh, and then later Toi, uh, Toi Māori, the tertiary offered not only the visual arts but also the performing arts you know Derek had the group so well disciplined and the knowledge was so strong that uh, when we went overseas we did a number of things you know that that package of, of showing mm. the performing arts people 
enjoyed and related to. There I was in Toyokura for, you know, nine years. But, you know, now I realise I've been like 16 years here at uh, Toi Marangi doing the same sort of thing, with, uh, but a different age group. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's interesting, the, the, you know, the change. Each time it's always been the gen- that particular generation and what they have as a knowledge base and what they come in with. You know, now that uh, it, it's so strong in secondary schools, yes. you see it wasn't there before yeah. until that syllabus went in there. And that's really where, you know, my influence to go from drawing scenes and portraits, you know, from mainstream into identifying through the artworks that we had to uh, deliver to secondary art teachers that you can't help but become involved in in the more of the meaning behind Māori art. You saw it in the meeting house, you knew what the interpretation was, but to actually create images that then create new stories, you know, there are different types of, you know, uh, work from uh, carving of wood into layered carving of, you know, fiberboard, things were changing from kakao for tukutuku to pegboard for tukutuku. Different things allowed for a simpler um, process of involvement, but with it meant that you had to also change designs, different interpretations, different skills. Over the years, it's like I'm seeing our students even now. We've still got our, our degree program here uh, with Toi Maurangi, but there, you know, the designs that because of the experience coming through from secondary schools, what we can now give them, they're producing in three years a level of design skill that, you know, is way ahead of what we ourselves could do 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, our ones was relative, we had the skill with the brush, yeah. but we're still controlled by the repeat pattern of a hacker. Mm-hmm. You know, we hadn't got to the point of making, you know, a, a leap into into something that's contemporary to that to the point is not understood. We've always had to ensure that the story was the foundation. Well you had to have a reason for people being able to justify if they ask why is that Māori art? Yes. And so I said the students have to say, it's Māori art because of this and whatever your interpretation is You've got to give them the means to at least be able to think through a process and explain it in a way that supports what they have as an obvious skill. Sandy Edset is a painter whose work has exhibited around the world. In 2005, he was made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for his services to the arts. A year later, he graduated with his Master's in Māori Visual Arts. In 2018, he received an honorary doctorate in fine arts from Massey University and received Te Tohu o Te Papatongarewa Rungo Marairoa, an award recognising excellence and outstanding contribution to Māori arts. This was from Te Wakatoi, or Creative New Zealand. In 2002, Sandy Adset moved back home to establish Tomairangi, the Māori Visual Arts School of Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. Uh, who support, want to support the, you know, the up of the program, yes. so we, every now and again we, we call them in to, and this, uh, she's, this one is, 
She's only uh, been here a couple of years with her darling, and they're only level five, but they're doing really, really well. It's more challenging now because the, you know, the, there's the Wānanga, Awanuyanangi, Raukawa, the Tawānanga, you know, and there are other uh, iwi that have also strong arguments for having their own tertiary institution perhaps being uh, seen as a as a positive for the future. You know, the Tapuya um, New Zealand Māori Institute. Yes. You know, that that type of um, an offering geared towards certain clients, tourism, whatever it is, mm. that it's still a positive outcome. Why not, nest, you know, look at something like that for other tribal areas if it's seen as something that would engage more in your own style of work. So that's what we're trying here for, for Kaunganu. One thing is for sure, Sandy still enjoys working with students and when he can, he still loves to paint. Oh, then because I, when I say yes, I enjoy it, of course. Yeah, of course you do. And, yeah. and so if I'm able to, um, and it's, it's not I can make the time, it's more about... Um, there seem to be a lot more things that you know you need time for as well. So you know, and because I'm tutoring, that's still there as a major. But um, yeah, no, I still engage in art, still engage with the community and any you know marae DIY. I don't exhibit a lot, no, you know, because the other thing is that any artwork that I do, um, you know, the family and the whanau, and you know, it's. Um, I'm happy for it to be part of of what we have as family uh, art works. We, you know, over the years we've we've done a we've kept like I've got uh, you know one of a a kōrowai that's like 175 years old. You know, so we need to keep examples of your work all the way through. That's really important. So that's why it's not necessarily out there. So it's actually never ever been about putea for you, Sandy. It was at the beginning purely because it made you feel good that someone, you know, especially one of the first ones was at the Hamilton Gallery and there was a piece that was uh, that became a UNESCO uh, 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 cover or, you know, a card. And it, you know, oh, it was wow. the first of its one for New Zealand. You feel really good about that and the fact that they said, wow, they were prepared to, to buy it at that price, you know, it was... So those those earlier pieces sort of gave you a, a you're feeling a measure of well it's not too your artwork can't be too bad because it was being and see this is the thing you get caught up in was it because it was you know in my mind because it was recognised by mainstreams and yes, institutions yes. whereas at home you do all the same thing and have it in the marae you if don't we, think of anybody <laughs> responding to it as just their part of the wall. You know? <laughs> So it is just oh, a, yeah. unless somebody comes and says, yeah, "Did a, you know that yeah. that's Sandy Edzie?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so but it's yeah. but it, as I say, it's been. I think for us as a culture, we can still identify in a really enjoyable way what our images that are so special to us as a you know as a culture. When I mean, this, I'm just thinking of that beautiful photo that you have with um, Paramatchit and Cliff White yeah. and yourself. Did did any of you, as you know, buddies back in the back in that time, um, give each other work? Yeah, 
Well, we did that often. Oh. Or they took it, you know, exhibition. But you accepted it. We made a, you know, pact really that uh, when Ngāpuna no Wāinga first, or when, no, when we were ourselves, we said if anyone wanted an exhibition, they, and if they rang us, who got hold of us, that we would commit ourselves to giving a work because we saw it as a way of supporting each other. And, you know, we weren't nationally grouped, so it was just the isolated areas that say, oh, we want to put on an exhibition. So I remember this one happened up in Hamilton. And anyway, after the exhibition, I was in the mid-60s or so, and, uh, and I so where's the artwork? Oh, we don't know. You said, <laughs> and years later, I won't say who it was, you know, a no. well-known actor, and a, well, a good friend, and we went to a party at his place at Tomaranui one time, and I walked in and I said, is that where my painting went to? And he said, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, we didn't know where to send it to. And, but we did, and we did a lot of change, exchange. You know, we, even, you know, we're the ones now, we just say, okay, give yourselves time, though, but don't go and try like our students. Don't go and try to swap one of your karu-karu pictures for someone's great piece because they're a mate of yours. I said, you've got to make sure that you, you know, that the art form equates in terms of its quality and what it is as a good art piece. Tēnei te mihi kawatu ki a koe e Sandy Adset no Ngāti Pāhauera nā te kahunganu. E kore e mimiti te puna mihi a ki a koe me tō whānau. Tonight's show features part of our continuing series called Influence. You can find more details at our website, rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Koera tō tātou hōtaka mō tēnei wā. That's the show for another week. Me hoki mai koutou a te tapu e tū mai nei. Or you can check out tonight's show and previous tiahika episodes, of course, once again at the website, rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can do so via the email tiahika at rnz.co.nz. Ko te tūmanako ki a paita koutou wiki. Hei kōna mai.